the Lee Harden Podcast. He likes too many things. It's the Lee Harden Podcast. He likes too many things. He likes too many, likes too many things. Too many things. Welcome, everybody, to the Lee Harden Podcast. The song is correct. I do like too many things. And I am so sorry. I haven't updated an episode in a really long time. I want to say it's almost been a year. Super sorry about that. I'm going to talk more about that. Um, but I just wanted to say hey. And uh, if you're still subscribing, thank you. And the plan is to keep the episodes going. And I'm going to go into all the reasons why it's, it's been hard uploading a new episode every week. Uh, before I do that, I do want to give a shout out to the guy who made the music for this show. Francois Goudreau, good friend of mine, known him for years. Uh, I briefly played bass on a tour in his band, Hello Kelly. Please check them out on Apple Music. He also did a side project called Francie and the First Time Feeling. Both are really fun, and uh, it was the closest I've ever gotten to playing in a pop-punk band. I always wanted to do that, and I got to tour with Francie in Canada, and uh, that was so fun, and that was almost 10 years ago, and I still think about it because it was that fun. That's just been, outside of comedy, that was always one of my dreams was to tour in a band like that, bands like MXPX, uh, Less Than Jake, Reliant I, I always wanted to do those kind of things. So, Francie, thank you for making the music. And we're going to keep doing these episodes, and you're going to keep hearing that track every week. But please, go listen to Hello Kelly or Francie and the First Time Feeling. But back to the first topic on hand. I haven't uploaded any episodes in a really long time. And if you have been listening, if you're wondering why haven't we had any new episodes, here we go. Um, it's a couple of reasons. Uh, guests, they're, they're hard to find. And uh, when I first did the podcast, I lined up eight in a row. And I did all eight after I recorded them. I did eight weeks of it. And I just lost track of adding new guests for the next episodes. Also, guests are hard to get. So... You'll have a person reply to an email or a direct message and say yes, and then you try to follow up. You don't hear back, and I understand there's top tier podcast. So you know, like it, you know, if Joe Rogan's gonna reach out to you or his representative is gonna reach out to you, I don't know how he works, but if he reaches out, you're gonna say yes and pick a time and date. That's a priority top tier podcast. This is a startup podcast, so I understand. The level of importance, no huge deal whatsoever. But yeah, guests are hard to get sometimes. You, uh, like I said, you'll reach out, they say yes, and then locking down that date, you pick the date, you follow up, and then time passes by, you don't hear back, people are busy, never taking it personal. I just got to stay, I got to stay on top of it, like I've stayed on top of trying to get bookings and with comedy. But Guests are a big reason and lack of discipline. It's uh, even if you don't have a guest, you should put out an episode. You need to be consistent, and I'm not being consistent with it. I apologize about that. I plan to change that, and if you're going to keep listening, I want you uh, to hold me to that. So 
the plan from here on out is if I don't have a guest for that week, I'm going to try to do something on social media where if enough people will ask questions, I'll answer them on the podcast or I'll just talk about a life lesson from stand-up comedy or a topic I'm really into. So that that's the plan from now on. But I plan to have a variety of guests, not just comedians. Like I said, or like the song says, I like too many things. So I'm going to explore all those things and hopefully with some guests. And the third reason why I haven't uploaded any, and I haven't uploaded, I'm not even going to edit this, but uh, the third reason I haven't uploaded an episode in a long time is the busy schedule. Um, this past year, my my comedy booking schedule uh, increased way more than I thought it would, and it's a pretty cool thing. I I started booking these uh, small theaters, like community playhouses, uh, sometimes a little bigger than that. I just I went out on a limb. I a year ago I started reaching out to these theaters and presenting myself, and they started getting back to me. And then we started talking deals and signing contracts and and all these uh, all these detail oriented things. And pretty much I was gone every weekend, minus minus a couple. But it's not just the booking. It is also the planning for the show, the promoting for the show. And I, I had to spend a lot of my time learning how to promote myself, how to sell tickets because I wasn't going to make money on these shows, most of them, if I didn't sell tickets. So I had to learn a business side of things. I had to learn how far out do you promote? How much do you sell your tickets for? What kind of split do you need to work so you don't lose money? And all these uh, business things that I wasn't expecting. And this will be a lot of topic switching, so I'm sorry about that. But that was uh, that was a new learn for me, and that took up so much of my headspace that I wasn't thinking about a podcast episode. I was thinking about, oh my gosh, I've only sold this many tickets for this upcoming show. How do I change that? And a lot of learning moments from that. And I got to give a shout out to my friend Lauren, who is a pro at promoting, and uh, I'm going to keep her last name anonymous, but I had a mentor in that process, which was really cool. And she's helped me learn so much about when to promote, how to promote. But again, that took up a lot more time than I expected. And the reason I got into the theater gigs, I uh, about last year, about this time last year in October, I was looking at my calendar and I was going, oh my gosh, I don't have really any bookings for next year. I may have one in, in June. And that's about it. Uh, something's got to change because last year was a challenging year for stand-up. I, you know, to be transparent, I was doing comedy shows uh, in nursing homes and lock-ins, like like a high school graduation lock-in in the middle of a gym at, at 2 a.m. That's that's where I, I had ended up. And about 10 years of doing this with a comedy special, a TV appearance, you're just going, that's not what I had in mind. Um, I love visiting nursing homes. High school kids are cool, but it's not where you want to end up doing your stand-up comedy that you've worked uh, so hard for. And so I just saw the calendar. I'm like, I won't be making money as a stand-up, so I, I got to either 
pursue another career. Not quit comedy, but I got to pursue something that's, you know, going to make sure I don't starve. Um, or I got to see if this idea will work. So just on a whim and uh, with some prayer, I just reached out to these theaters, like I had said before, and I just kind of presented myself and uh, that I was a clean comedian and I've, that I've been a professional comedian. I've got creds, a special, a TV appearance. And so would love to, would love to chat about doing a one-nighter at your theater. And like I said, people started responding. It was really cool. And then it just kind of snowballed. It went from one gig to like four within a week. And then you're trying to figure out what deals you need to work and uh, what's going to get that foot in the door. And then from there you had to learn, okay, I need to sell tickets or I don't make money. And uh, so again, it was a snowball and it, it, it came out of necessity. I was just trying to get work and then I realized, oh my gosh, I've got I've to do, I've got to do the iceberg thing where you see 10% of that comedian, but the 90, you don't see the underneath, underneath work that's going on. And so I had to become a business person and this started becoming my own, it started to become a business. I had to, like I said, pay for marketing, pay, pay for marketing, pay for ads, factor in how much money I was going to pay another comedian or the two comedians on the show. I was reaching out to every newspaper, radio station, TV station. Um, I just, I had to become my own marketing team uh, from the ground up and it's it's worked, which was really cool. Um, there has been a couple of misses, but that's part of it. I, I've talked to several business owners, and they that's just the nature of it. You're gonna you're gonna have a few misses. You got to learn from that and go from there. And um, the shows were fun. And then you know the first one in Port Clinton, Ohio, happened uh, last year, December second, at the at the Port Clinton Playmakers Theater, and it was a blast, and that's, uh, you know, never stepped foot in that town, and we had almost 100 people at that show, and I was so grateful that they took a chance on me, and then you know, that's when I saw it. I'm like, all right, this, this could be something, and then the shows in January started happening in February, March, like it was starting to snowball and going, okay, this is consistent. We, we're we're on to something here. This is really cool. And like I said, there were a few messes where you're like, okay, I lost money on this gig. Hopefully the rest aren't like that. And for the most part, they haven't. Um, it's been it's been incredible. Uh, last year was also, I, I booked, uh, my gosh, where was I? Okay, I booked a show in Oregon last year. And so we booked it a year in advance, and I'm going, I have no idea if this is going to work. Um, I paid for the rental. It was a pretty big theater. And we booked it early enough and I started promoting early enough. And yeah, a year later we got to the, to the venue or close to a year later. It was uh, September of this year. I was in Coos Bay, Oregon and we got like over 300 people at this show in Coos Bay, Oregon, like the very end of the West coast. I was at the Oregon coast. It blew me away that that many people came to see an unknown comedian just trying to stay working and we had a blast. It was uh, it was so cool. And I, I've enjoyed my time at these theaters. They're all unique. And you have more fun in that one night than you do at a comedy club working like four shows, including two late shows. That's just the reality of the comedy club world. And um, 
this is something I've had in mind since I started doing comedy. I always wanted to do shows in these little theaters. When I'd go see a play, I'd be like, this would be a good comedy room. And because uh, I really care about the experience of a show. And these little theaters have provided that. Um, now, I've tried to be a club comedian for a long time. And just as time went on, you would get into a club. It goes well. And then you try to get back in. They don't get back to you. And you're like, I can't make a living like this. And you can you can worry yourself crazy going, did they like me? Did they not like me? Why are they not getting back to me? You can drive yourself crazy doing that. And I, I couldn't do that anymore. Um, again, I've, I've enjoyed the clubs I've been to, but if they don't have you back, not working, not making money. And uh, I didn't want to keep uh, begging, I guess. I felt like I was... You know, a few years in, I felt like I was I was begging, hoping that clubs would get to me. And the reality is, comedy clubs get a ton of emails from a lot of comedians, and they get, I think, fifty a day would be generous on like how much they get a day. That would be like fifty minimum emails, like from every comedian from all walks of life, trying to get on their show, trying to headline, feature, and uh, or middle, and so. I never, I never, I got to a point where I'd realized, okay, it's not personal. These people just get overwhelmed and they see who they're going to see in the email. They might miss you. But all that to say is I, I couldn't live working that way. Um, comedy, would have, comedy would have to be a hobby at that point if I occasionally get one of those gigs once or twice a year. Um, and then, yeah, there were other, other comedians that I thought. I was going to get to work with that weren't going to, that were going to have me open for them. And that just never came to fruition. And again, there's a lot of people trying to get work with these big name comedians. So just weren't making the cut. And that also sparked the reason why I started just doing this self booking, reaching out. And again, it was a total shot in the dark, but it worked this year. Hopefully it's working for next year. I've already got bookings, pretty early for next year, which I'm really excited about. But yeah, like I said earlier, it was a, it was a business thing I had to learn and you had to become business minded and that's, I'm not wired that way, but like the first show, although fun, I was so focused on promoting and ticket sales. I would get to the venue and go, Oh crap, I need to be funny. So I had to turn on that brain even while on stage, I was still feeling like I was a business guy on stage. And luckily, I would ask my friends or other comedians if it's if I seemed odd or if I seemed like distracted. They said no. Um, so thankfully, no one noticed. But that's just the reality of it. I it started stretch. It was stretching me, which is good. But it started uh, stressing me on top of that. And like. I was booked up until June, I think. And so I was excited that I had all these bookings. People were buying tickets. It's going well. But that stress was starting to uh starting to build up and I could uh I could I could I could see it happening. I was I was starting to uh you know, unfold a little bit. I was starting to uh you know, my insecurities were coming out and more people were starting to see it. And so I had to go, "Okay, I need to Watch this, or I'm gonna have a nervous breakdown. I was I thank the, thank God that I saw this early enough, and so luckily I kept my two months open for June and July, where I could just recoup, 
And that's what I did. I started working on myself a little bit and uh, working on bookings for the fall, which those are really fun. Um, But again, all this is, you know, I know this is kind of scatterbrained, but these are all, this is, this is everything that's been happening this year. This is what's kept me busy. And uh, on top of being busy like this, you know, you got to keep certain things in check. You got to keep yourself in check. Um, being a believer as I am, a Christian as I try to be, or I am, but, uh, you know, I'm trying to be a better one as I do this. And, uh, you know, you get what you put into it with, uh, you know, with your faith, with your reading, with praying, um, knowing your identity. And I was, uh, you know, we like to talk about mental health and identity a lot nowadays, but, uh, that stuff is important and, uh, you need to know your self-worth and your self-worth isn't in how many tickets you sell, how funny you are, how, you know, you do want to be good at those things, but you can't let that affect your identity. And I could see that happening and I wanted to take care of that stuff. And so that's, that's what I've been working on. Um, and so it's been cool. Uh, I say, uh, way too much here, but again, it's been an awesome year. Like I've gotten, I've gone to places I never thought I would get to go to, um, Idaho, North Dakota, Seattle, like, like one weekend in August, I got to do Vermont, Connecticut, and Rhode Island all in one weekend. It was so fun. And what's cool about this is like, you, you see a lot of old comedian friends you've known from, uh, shows or conferences and you get to see them. Um, God's been really cool about putting these people all over the country for me. Um, you know, when I get to hang out with my buddy Al Smith in Pennsylvania and Ron DeCorey in Rhode Island and Amy Schwab in Rhode Island, we got to hang out, do these shows together. And they were super cool about knowing that I was doing the show and sometimes I was getting paid based on ticket sales and they were willing to do the show anyway, not knowing what we were going to end up making. And, uh, and it's all been really fun. Even the shows that have had, you know, a low turnout, we've had a good time. It's so cool to like have an idea plan it, hope it works, and it actually works. And that's what this whole theater thing has done. And so I hope to keep doing it. Um, again, it, it's it's cool to go to a place and over 100 people buy a ticket to see you perform and do your act. And have them, and, and when they want you back, that's even better. And I'm excited because I'm going to get to go to new places I didn't I didn't get to go this past year for in 2024. I'm going to get to go to some new spots. And that's the hope is to uh, just keep expanding this. Uh, go where they like you. Come back, you know, hopefully not too soon. Hopefully, you know, not soon enough where they don't forget you. But, you know, hopefully they forget your jokes by the time you come back. Uh, although we all, comedians do keep writing jokes, it is hard to come up with, like, that material that's just as good as, like, the stuff you spent her whole life doing as a comedian. Um, and if you're still listening at this point, God bless you. This is a, a scatterbrained way to tell you all the things that have been going on. Um, but yeah, that's what this year has been. That's These are some of the reasons I've not uploaded a podcast episode in a long time. The plan is to keep that going. And like I said, if we don't have a guest... I'm going to find a topic to talk about. I'm going to take a swing at seeing if anybody has questions. And then, you know, that's that's the challenge with social media. Um, like, 
I've, I've gotten up to like 4.4 thousand followers on Facebook. I was able to rebuild my comedy page. And that's cool to build that, but with the algorithms, you can post a thing, a question, and the same three people that liked you when you had two fo- when you had you know 100 followers, sometimes those are the only people that see your post. And so it can drive you crazy trying to figure out how to get everybody that follows your page to see what you post. But I'll definitely try that on social media if I don't have a guest. The goal is to always have a guest on the show, either in person, on Zoom. But you've probably also noticed the name of the podcast has been changed a little. It's still the Lee Harden podcast, but I've changed the graphic. And the initial, the the first name you see is going to be called Hardhead. And Hardhead, the Lee Harden podcast. I didn't want to lose the the Lee Harden podcast name. I also didn't want to recreate a new song because Francie did such a good job. I want to keep that podcast theme song until Jesus comes back. But again, if you've listened this far, thank you uh, for still subscribing. And uh, the episodes are going to keep coming. And uh, I hope some of what I said made sense about why I've been busy. And it's been good reason. Like I said, the theater shows took off. It kind of became its own thing, and I had to keep up with it. And uh, it's a good problem to have because, again, I, last year I was in I was in nursing homes, and this year I've you know I got to do I got to do historic theaters like the Egyptian in, in Coos Bay and sell three hundred tickets. So I'm very grateful that it's gotten this far, and I want to keep that going. But again, that's why I haven't done an episode in a long time, uh, or those are the reasons why schedule guests. Lack of discipline, name change to the podcast, calling it Hardhead, the Lee Harden podcast, and I have rambled enough. Thank you so much for listening to this recap. Uh, it's been a, I feel like it's been a year since I've uploaded a new episode. Super sorry about that. We're going to keep them going. Thank you so much for listening, and uh, keep listening. Thank you.